All right. Before we start today's episode, we wanted to uh, give a shout out to our patrons over on Patreon. They are the sponsors of the show, keeping the lights on, keeping the beer and the music coming in. It's what we're using our money for. So yep. we got Eric Sari, Andy Herbrandt, Lauren L., Paul C., Hands and Screen Printing, and our newest, Rock the Green. We thank you guys. Uh, Eric, cue up that main intro. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. Uh, we are, of course, your hosts, Eric. And I'm Russ. And we are back again with another riveting piece of haunted and spooky Wisconsin Ooh. lore. Um, but before we jump into uh, any of that uh, uh, spookiness, uh, we also wanted to remind all of you, uh, if you haven't done so already, uh, or if you're new here, uh, please go on and like, rate, subscribe, review, uh, that normal checklist of items that uh, most podcasts beg you to complete. Uh, what it really does is uh, it changes that algorithm uh, behind the scenes of YouTube and Apple and all that stuff. And uh, what it might do is uh, boost us to uh, the top of someone's suggested podcasts if they listen to things about history or comedy. And uh, that would really just uh, uh, help us in ways that no one probably understands. It's a crazy game, that Internet stuff. So uh, and also, hey, uh, we have our website, Wisconsin Drunken History dot com. Um, it is literally the single best place uh, for us to uh, uh, get information to you and also for you to go shopping and do all this other stuff. Yeah. And we today we have really awesome music from Billy Russo. We have a brewski review ski of course as always course. Uh, the uh infamous how many locos you at absolutely and we have a special interview today with one of us brewing which i'm really excited about which i, I mean uh, uh, we were uh, uh traveling i think just a couple weeks ago uh to uh pick up our new dog that we had gotten uh we had rescued and uh we passed one of us brewing and, and that is in Mount where... Pleasant correct yeah yeah that's what I thought okay yeah. yep and awesome. that was uh honestly the first time I had heard of it and seen it so I was very excited to uh to to see another one pop up I always love uh checking out new Brews. new micro brews and nano oh, brews yeah. like this because it's uh it, I mean it is such a deep ingrained you know piece of our culture uh, in in Wisconsin and and especially in the Milwaukee area and stuff, so very cool to see, and I can't wait to uh, to talk with them. So um, today's main story here is of Haunchyville. Uh, it is just crazy, exactly. And this thing dates back to the 1950s um, and is actually located right here in Muskego, where uh, Russ and I tend to uh, do all of these episodes uh, and. Uh, we are, uh, uh, um, I mean, it is, it's a little legend, right? Yeah, Pun I mean, intended. Th you um, know, yeah, yeah. 
and short people guy. Right, exactly. No even. Drives us right back to Randy uh, Newman. Randy Newman. Randy so. Newman and Haunchyville. But uh, so the origins of of this uh, of cool lore and, and legend are mostly mutually agreed upon. Um, the information available is is primarily eyewitness reports, and we'll get into some of those really yeah, cool of stories. I'm excited. Um, but this legend is also fading. You know, uh, it, it is not as long lived as um, some of the other ones that uh, we've already discussed, and then also some of the ones that we have yet to discuss. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the uh, the stories. This story brings us to Muskego, Wisconsin. Like I said, this is in the fifties. Um, this is a uh, a city that's in Waukesha County. It's about the fifth largest uh, city in the county, around twenty five thousand people um, as of twenty twenty. Uh, this is about twenty minutes southwest of Milwaukee. If you haven't uh, um, heard of it, it's uh, uh, kind of a small town, and Muskego is home to Haunchyville and. It's uh, best known as a little community. Um, a little I know, community. I know. Yeah, it's a, a small, it's a, a short community. It's just a short drive. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, but it is. It's a little community off of uh, Mystic Drive, uh, and that's near Big Muskego Lake. Uh, they don't necessarily call it Big Muskego Lake. There's Muskego Lake, and then there's Little Muskego Lake. So, you know, most of us just refer to Muskego Lake as it's big. Mus- okay. So that way people uh, know what we're talking about as ter- in terms of little and big. Um, but yeah, so, uh, the, it's said to have been formed by a group of, uh, retired or even possibly disgruntled circus employees, uh, mostly from like the freak show or sideshow. Uh, and, uh, they sought out some sort of a retreat from, um, the cruel average sized world, because as you can imagine, um, the 1950s is a totally different time and, you know, things are, are pretty center center thought, right? Oh, yeah, leave it to beaver type families yeah. and stuff, the and, after war families. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, uh, a lot of the things that are being produced at this time uh, don't have, um, you know, uh, anybody else in mind. They're only thinking about the average uh, human, uh, average American being, you know, like five foot to, you know, six foot tall. Yeah. So. It's a very weird world, I think, at that point, uh, and not as accepting either. So you can imagine being a part of, you know, at that time deemed a freak show. So what is the politically correct term for a short? Is it short person? I don't know. Is that I, I think it's short person, okay. but I'm not really sure. Yeah. And I don't, well, I don't mean to watch offend it. anybody. Yeah, no, I'm exactly. I'm not going to gonna say. I'm tap dancing We're not Randy it. Newman and making bad statements well, about short people. So. This is not Randy Newman. Uh, uh, short people. 1970s, 80s kind of stuff shit here we're not gonna you, you got a friend in me but you also yeah. got short people which is like what is going on well in right song? i mean so. he had he had some good hits but that one a little controversial <laughs> so um and and hey we've discussed plenty of wisconsin circus history on this show uh so this is uh, uh this is all making sense really at this point uh and we know the circus wasn't much for political correctness uh and its fair share of uh, oddities and and bizarre stuff so uh, the legend of Haunchyville uh, has been written about in a handful of books, uh, but there are thousands of encounters documented, uh, whether that's on the Internet or, or in a couple of these publications as well. Uh, but one thing remains pretty consistent among all of the all of the reports. Uh, there are small stone homes uh, in in setting uh, setting back kind of in a long native prairie grass cornfield type area and uh it's a long gravel drive that's private, uh, and that's on Mystic Drive, like I mentioned before. 
Um, some say they are extremely violent uh, and they will murder and mutilate anybody who trespasses. Uh, the uh, the one thing we know for sure is that Muskego PD oh, will yeah. definitely ticket you. They will yeah. murder and mutilate you for going there. Uh, because it is, it's it's got a no trespassing sign. It's yeah, got yeah. a private sign on the drive. Uh, anybody who goes there, you're at your own risk because uh, you know they're they're out there and they are patrolling. And and the individuals that live down Mystic Drive just want a, a fucking yeah, peaceful right. life. Yeah, exactly. And imagine you know people just uh, constantly going out there at all hours of the day, uh, mostly night, and and walking around and filming and stuff. And it's just kind of weird. So. Uh, some say they are extremely violent, but, you know, we also have reports of of uh, individuals who say, uh, you know, they they hurt them. And then they, you know, these individuals scattered back into their homes, didn't have anything at all. Now, there's also an added report uh, in this legend uh, of the haunchies that uh, there's a security of sorts that they have a giant albino uh, shotgun wielding uh, individual. Holy who, smokes. Who, yeah, I don't I mean, know. Even even though uh, the haunchies might be pleasant and uh, and skittish, the the albino guy isn't. He's, Which he's again, ready. He's ready to plug you. It feels like you know people were afraid of short people, and people were afraid of albinos, and they probably saw one in the circus, and then made up these stories about these little things, and you know. Yeah, so I wanted to read a few takes of people that have went out to Haunchyville from uh, Weird Wisconsin. So it's a yep. really awesome book. It's like pretty much all just weird stuff in Wisconsin. And these are people that have actually been out there. So I marked some of the stories I wanted to yeah. read on this podcast for you guys. So, so the first one is titled, They May Be Little, But They Have Big Guns. So the story goes, one of my friends has actually been there. This is a story he told me. One night, me and some friends were cruising around and went through this little town, Muskego, obviously. It was really weird. There were little houses and little stores and even little people walking around. Well, I guess they didn't like big people because one of the little guys in a truck was trying to run us off the road. He even had a shotgun he was pointing at us. We didn't expect him to shoot us, so we just flipped him off. Then he shot at us. It went right through the windows, barely missing us. After that, we slammed on the gas and got the hell out of there. That was the first story I wanted to read. So I don't know. This one comes from, uh, obviously, the names are kind of like fake pseudo names that they have, but it's M-U-Z-I-C L-V-R 85. So I think it's Music Lover 85 is the sure. name that tr they're trying to get across here. So this one, like, to me, doesn't sound right. I mean, it sounds like this. Somebody made this up to kind of, you know, what I mean? this like one yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, horseshit. I, I, I don't so, believe it for yeah, one second. I mean, and you live in Mosquito, so you know the legends around here. You know and the if area. Shot at your car, and, and it went through and the you windows. You wouldn't report that to the you police. You didn't report that. Yeah, exactly. So that You're one's full kinda, of shit. Exactly. So next one is called titled "Signs, Signs Everywhere, Signs." My friend and I went out to Haunchyville tonight. We saw the signs at the gate. Obviously, the "Do not go do on not public, trespass, do not private, trespass, private drive." Yeah, and it was very weird. There were three different roads, and we went straight, ignoring the signs, and about halfway down, we noticed what we thought might be a gate to Haunchyville. But then three men appeared. They walked towards our car and threw something at us. At that point, we just sped off. And that was from G BJM 1982. Mm. And the next one I have is the one Eric brought up at the end. For trespassing, there are large fines in small Haunchyville. Yeah. So, okay, I have not... 
I have been to Haunchyville with carloads of friends, and I'm not sure, but I think we went there. We went the wrong way. But either way, we did. We never saw any of the midgets, and we decided ended up with a big fat $276 trespassing fine. So if you decide to go to Haunchyville, which I thought was pretty creepy, make sure you don't go right way and don't flash your headlights in someone's driveway. Page. So there you go. Don't go to mm. Haunchyville. Don't go looking for this legend. Yeah, I don't even think it's like a lot of truth to this one. It's been it's been reported though for years. I mean, oh, this yeah. one's been. And I got one more for you before we close out the show today. And this one is called "Mutilated by Little Creatures." I first heard the story growing up in Greendale about thirty years ago. We were told that the area was once home to a group of midgets who had worked in the circus. Years later, after the area had been abandoned, a teenager couple parked their car in the cornfields to make out. And they were attacked by little creatures, quote unquote, that left scratches on the roofs of the marks on the roof of their car. And the teenagers were found dead, mutilated in the car. We used to skip school and drive out there in the cornfields. And strangely, there were little roads going through the cornfields and small shacks and little boats. I never went back there as an adult to put it all together, but I'm sure what I saw and some rational explanation. And that was from Rich. Hmm. So, I mean, there are legends of it being real, that there are people back there at some point, whether it's kids and they're just like freaked out because of the legends or whatever that is. We can't necessarily put our finger on it 100 percent. Right. So we can't define it. I know, Eric, you live here. You've been by Mystic Drive. You never went down the private drive. Obviously, you don't want to get the fine. So you've never been down the private drive. I've been down Mystic Drive. And then at the end, you do see that, hey, you could go down, but there's a very clearly posted private, uh, you know, don't trespass. So, you know, uh, I don't go down there uh, because that reason alone, I'm not looking to... You want that $300 fine. Right. I don't so. I don't want to be fined, and I certainly don't want to be on the radar of uh, Muskego PD. So uh, I, I definitely stay the hell away. I'm not going to say that there isn't maybe these little stone huts and things like that, but... They could just be old farm. I was just going to say that the farm, the farm uh, culture that's around here. I mean, that's deep ingrained and it is, uh, you know, also there's there's reasons for having small smaller outbuildings like that exactly sure. yeah whether it's be a washroom a green build, well, exa- a well house your well well exactly. house you know there's a lot of reasons for those yeah so i i do believe at some point that there was a, a reason for those those buildings uh and and they can be easily explained away uh by chatting with somebody you know an older farmer or something like that or a farm historian and uh, it would be you know easy to explain. Now the individuals who lied and said they got shot, you know, somebody shot at them, they and, fought an albino with a shotgun. Right. You know, like there's a lot of stories out there, and this it, it's been going on for many years. Like this yeah. has continued on till today. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously we can't go down the private drive to you confirm this. I'm sure even if we call them, like no, you can't come out here. So we never really know the truth. Yeah. But to me, like it just doesn't sound real. So there was know? land for sale recently and there was a, a realtor uh, who hired uh, the realtor that was selling the property uh, hired uh, one of those aerial um, photographers uh, yeah, with yeah. drones and stuff. And that individual was allowed to go out there. So he parked, he brought out all of his equipment he didn't see anything. There were no circus people sm- that beat him up. He didn't like- see any buildings even. Um, so, and that was uh, last year, 2020. So he didn't see like the Wizard of Oz lollipop kids. Like, we are no yellow brick kids. road. No yellow brick roads. No weird uh, monkeys with uh, wings and shit. No albinos. Yeah. So okay. again, good. you know, 
I hate to be the the downer for all these, you know, monsters and myths and <laughs> lore and all this shit, but I just think that there's an easier way for them to be explained. Now, you know, you know at the same time, though, Wisconsin does have a lot of circus history, and uh, where are these people to go? So, you know, a lot of there were, there was a lot of pop up tents and stuff like this. Um, you know, maybe absolutely. they were there at some point and they left at just as a stopping point. We we don't know the truth. Like what it started somehow. There's probably some truth to all this, but to me, like especially today, I don't think there's any legend out there no. anymore. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, that's going to conclude our main segment for today, and now on to our music segment. All right, so we are on to our music segment, and uh, we have a truly tasty piece of music for you today. Uh, Billy Russo uh, of the Milwaukee area. uh, It's really cool music, kind of like alternative indie sound. Exactly. Just kind of fits in with the genre you love. And just absolutely phenomenal. uh, uh, First of all, the musicianship is great, uh, and and the song is fantastic absolutely amazing uh so the the writing and the recording of that is great but then also whoever produced uh and mixed and mastered this thing i think did an excellent job oh yeah it sounds great. i absolutely love nothing uh, like stands out as being like too loud or right. obnoxious like i think they did a really good job yeah. on this recording another another band another wisconsin band i'm just like proud that they're i'm pumped state. yeah and I i'm think, pumped up too you know it's it, i think again it's just kind of one of those uh hey uh, in a couple of years, I feel like we're going to be talking about them playing on, you know, the the bigger stages, maybe even kind of opening for a, a bigger act. And then, you know, a, a year later, they're going to be oh, yeah. headlining their own shit. So um, it, it, just keep an eye out. Billy Russo, you kind of got to type in like Billy Russo, musician, Milwaukee or something yeah, like yeah. that. So you can find the exact. Right. Because there are that. other Billy Russo. Yeah. Out William there. Russo, obviously. Right. So famous composer. and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So uh, check out Billy Russo. Uh, and uh, this song that we chose today is Distant Voices. It is an absolute hit. A truth that can't be wrong, but 
That again was Billy Russo, Distant Voices, and they are again from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. Uh, Very awesome alternative indie style uh, band. I absolutely love, again, like I said before, the the, the whole mix and and mastering of that track. Uh, I thought it was uh, pretty pretty expertly done, and uh, I I really enjoy kind of that feel, especially like that bass guitar. I love that thump. Uh, it just felt really good. Um, so check them out. Uh, like I said, it's easiest if you Google them, uh, uh, kind of with that idea of saying Billy Russo, Milwaukee, you know, band or whatever. Uh, Russ, we are on to our beverage review segment. And yeah. what is a, a, a special thing about October and beer? Of course, Oktoberfest. There right? you go. So yeah, so we got like we we wanted to drink a couple uh, Oktoberfest beers here, and the one we're drinking today is uh, Octillion by Al Asylum. Yeah, um, the artwork's really cool. First off, so it's kind of like this woman in like a German, you know, a German outfit. Um, like it's not, not later hosen. What is no, it? it's the, the female version, I like know. the bar one. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone knows what it is. Mil- St. Pauli's like, girl. Yeah, kind of like milkmaidy ish. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's cool. She has a kind of like a skeleton, like a Mexican face on it, which is kind of cool. Like, and the artwork is just really. It looks like a tattoo, right? Like it looks like tattoo art, to be right. honest. And it's this beer, Dia de uh, los Muertes, yeah. kind of uh, thing. Dia, yeah, Dia de los Muertes, and uh, so yeah, this one is like a, it's a Mars and Lager, and uh, it's it's very good. It has like a the a, a little bit of the American and the European malt to give it right. that German feel to it. So you're getting that um, kind of soft, you know, that bready flavor. You're gonna get low IBUs with these kind of lager and lager beers. Yeah. This one's coming in at 20 IBUs, six percent ABV. Um, yeah. Very good beer. You know, it's it's kind of like. These Oktoberfests are nice because you, you get so used to these IPAs that are like kind of overwhelming. Yeah. It's nice to try to step back and get like a lager or a Marzen beer or, you know, um, a Bach or something around this time of year. Maybe going not quite the stout where you got to go that dark yet, right. but you're getting into the amber range, right? Kind of autumn, you think of like the changing of the season. So you got your light beer in the summer, you go to like a little bit brown in the fall, and then you get to your dark beers where it's like drinking oil in the winter to kind of keep heat you up, you know? And it's kind of my way to That's what that. I was going to say too, you know, when you're, when you're talking about about the different beers that you can drink throughout the different seasons. Uh, this is this is kind of that introduction to the the he- a little heftier of a beer yeah. that you're going to need come like November December. So the the Oktoberfests have always been 
uh, one of my favorite seasonals. Uh, you know, there's some you know brands that have Oktoberfests kind of out year round that you can grab anytime. But uh, I really find it uh, um, that the ones that come out seasonally from uh, some of our our favorite Wisconsin breweries, uh, those are op- absolutely my favorite. And we might have talked about this before, but the two types of yeast there's ale yeast and lager yeast. So lager yeast likes cooler temperatures. Ale yeast can hit a little bit higher temperatures. So a lot of the lager beers, especially in the old days, were made in colder months. So that's yeah. why you're getting kind of that transitional, like the darker yeah. lagery beers. But yeah, I love this beer. Um, I highly recommend it. You can pretty much find it anywhere right now. When Oktoberfest, yeah. you can find. I've seen it at Woodman's. Um, uh, you know, even Quick Trip had it. The festival, I think. Festival has it. Carries it. Uh, and then always total wine. Total wine. They, they got like crazy amounts of beer. Yeah. So and but, and and around this time of the year, they have uh, uh, their whole. They have a seasonal shelf. Uh, well, it's bigger than a shelf, but anyway, uh, the, the seasonal area of total wine for beers, uh, around this time is generally all Oktoberfest. I love Oktoberfest And it is absolutely amazing. I love this time of year, like... Yeah, and you could find the ones that are specific to this location, uh, Wisconsin brewed, or you can step out and, and, and buy Oktoberfest from literally anywhere uh, in the country or... Even some of those uh, export ones that uh, are amazing, too. And we technically don't know the hops in this one, but I'm guessing it's kind of like a Hallauer or something similar to that. Like more of your lager. That's why you're getting the low IBUs on it. Yeah. But again, this one is Octillion by Al Asylum. Go and check it out. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for a chat. How many logos you have? Holy smokes, folks, you know what that means. And do we got a special one for you today? Holy smokes, folks. How many locos you at there, guy? Holy cow. Here we yeah, go. So, so let's, uh, let's hear it, Eric. Hey, the headline on this one is impaired driving in Menard's Lumberyard leads to fifth OWI charge. Uh, this one is uh, in Manaqua. So the Manaqua man admitted to drinking a couple of beers prior to driving to Menard's. So... A Manaqua man who was allegedly driving drunk at the Superior Menard store uh, has waived the time limits on his preliminary hearing uh, in a Douglas County Circuit Court. Uh, the individual is 42 years old, is facing one count of fifth offense operating while intoxicated. Uh, he did make his initial appearance in court. Uh, this was June 10th last year. Uh, the court ordered a $1,500 cash bail and a $1,500 signature bond. Uh, according to the criminal complaint, a Menards employee reported an intoxicated driver oh, uh, picking up merchandise from the store, uh, the lumberyard more more particularly, at 840, which, Russ, you and I were talking a little bit off uh, off mic yeah. about, hey, did we think this was 840 or 8, uh, 840 p.m. or a.m.? Because a lot of Menards, they close... The one by us, I think, is 10 p.m. The okay. Lumberyard, I think, does close at 9, though. See, so he might have hit the end. Of I the was very confused because the, the, you know, the Lumberyard, even by us, I think, is closed, uh, uh, you know, uh, kind of on the earlier side. Uh, but, you know, Menards opens at like Just 6 a.m. Just loading up on some, some logs shit, so. and some beers. So uh, the man uh, later, uh, who was later identified, uh, obviously had a proper driver's license and everything. Uh, he was in the store when an officer from the Superior Police Department uh, had responded, and the managers at the store actually were the ones that told police they could smell uh, an odor of alcohol uh, through his mask. So Not again, good. this is COVID times. He's, he's drinking hard to go through the mask. I mean, I've never hit that hard. If he know. has, if he has a real like good mask and not just one of those like uh, 
cheapies. You know, t-shirt ones, uh, then, yeah, I'm really surprised that it was going through there. Um, so the individual told the officer he had had a couple beers that evening and uh, had uh, showed clues of impairment during field sobriety tests. So uh, the store security camera showed uh, the individual driving his vehicle, and he told the officer he had driven to the store. So right then and there, you've got yeah, yeah. everything you need. Uh, he smells like alcohol. You've got security footage showing he's driving. He admitted he was driving. He admitted that he was drinking. So all of these things clues lead up to... Clues of impairment. Exactly. Too, so. So uh, the individual had obviously four prior OWI convictions uh, and uh, three were actually in 2004. Holy cow. He went hard that year. He got a fucking trifecta in one year. Jesus. 2004 was all the time though. The trio of drinking. We were in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Really great time for us. Really awful fucking time for this guy. Oh yeah. Uh, This one would be a class G felony uh, and uh, he would face uh, a maximum of... 10 years Jeez. in prison and uh, a fine up to $25,000. This guy messed up huge so, man, for drinking hard. We did not look up this individual to see how this one played out uh, because, again, we're not looking to shame the yeah, individual. Exactly. No, this uh, is just like messed up, though. You we're, know, he, we're trying to educate everybody about the uh, the, the negativity uh, and and the the absolute awfulness that, that goes along with uh, these things and you know we're, we're not trying to make light of driving drunk so don't don't miscommunicate uh, and misunderstand that um, but you know it's just something that's so prevalent in in, in Wisconsin, in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. so and hey I, come on now this is ridiculous you're it's 840 he probably got there at like eight o'clock yeah what did you need at eight o'clock for home improvement buddy you're not doing the project man I need a couple two by fours and a yeah. couple brews. So we don't know. Uh, we don't have a, a an actual breath test number. No. We know that he failed field sobriety but we tests. Do, but what we do have is the age, um, the incidents prior. Um, he failed yeah. a field sobriety test. We got a lot of information. Smell of alcohol through a mask. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it had I to got, be pretty strong. You know. I think he's. You know, I don't think he's hitting the 16 pass out local. I think he's still not that bad, but I do have a number and I don't know if you do Eric or not. Um, I do. Uh, and, and I feel pretty confident. I'm pretty confident on mine too. So do you want to go uh, on three? Yeah. One, two, three, ten. Eight. Yeah, I think we're pretty close. I yeah. think we're going to have to go with the nine local on we this one. We go with the nine local. I think the, the information's out there. You know, we have, like, this guy has some experience of drinking. He has yeah. a drinking experience. And Put for, it on your resume. And, and for our German listeners, uh, we don't mean no loco. We mean nine as in the number nine. Yeah. You know German more than I do. What's Do you know it in nine, German? Nine is, or nine, uh, oh, man. Nine I have is to, no. I'd, I'd actually have to count again because. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll. Alf is 10, right? I don't know. I don't know German. I don't even take German. Yeah, I don't remember. I'm sorry, guys. If you guys could write in to the show and let us know what nine, the number nine is in German, that would be great. Um, But we have settled. This is an official nine local. Hit the gavel. All right. Today we're here with Steve from One of Us Brewing in uh, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Uh, Steve, can you give us a little background on how the brewery got started? Sure, absolutely. Um, actually, I think uh, you are familiar with a brewery uh, local to the area called Arnagan. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so a bunch of us, actually all of us have met. That's how we all met. We met at Arnagan. We uh, enjoyed the beers there. It's a great atmosphere. And we started talking about uh, building a new place, a little bit different direction. And that's kind of how we got going with the group that we have. That's awesome. And were you all home brewers before as well? <laughs> 
well, some of us are homebrewers and some have had a little bit more professional experience at brewing, yes. Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome. so cool. So it's just a group of guys, like a ton of experience coming together and making yeah. some brews. Yeah, actually, it's a it's a it's a big group of us. It's actually ten owners, believe it or not. That's um, awesome. Cool. Several home brewers and people with different backgrounds. I myself more on the business side, so it's a good balance of personalities and skills going into a business. Well, that's the thing is you got to have all aspects of it covered. So absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and it was so cool. Actually, uh, some of our uh, listeners were the ones who suggested you guys, and uh, actually Eric was coming back from Illinois and he saw you guys. He's like, "We got to get these guys on." Like, yeah, we have <laughs> to get them. Very on the show. cool. Yeah, so awesome. That, so then we're going to ask uh, right now, is there any brews that we got to try, whether it's seasonal or anything that you recommend that's kind of a, a flagship for you guys? So right now we have about nine different beers available uh, here. Uh, we're open outside on our patio. So we have nine different beers available, uh, several good IPAs, Ambers. Uh, American Pilsner is phenomenal for nice, crisp, clean beer. But two beers that really come to mind are uh, one of them is our Afterglow Shimmer. It is a peach, mango, marshmallow, slushy goza. So, oh, wow. A, yeah, a lot that going on. Good. Yeah. Yeah, and the other beer is, uh, it's called TOF, and it is a passion fruit, papaya, habanero blonde. Oh, wow. Those are some interesting yeah. flavors. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. The, the, the peach, mango, marshmallow is, you know, I, I'll, I'll probably get smacked for saying this, but I think it drinks like a slightly sour mimosa. Okay. It's got some sour to it, but it's very fruity. It's very refreshing on a hot day. Yeah. Uh, the the other one, TOF, is uh, it's just a nice light beer, but it's got a, a fruity start and a little bit of a heat finish. That sounds phenomenal. I cannot wait to get there and try those. Yeah, it's so, awesome. So we can't. We wanted to know too. Is there uh, any events coming up that you recommend our listeners go and check out? Obviously, we're going to be there either way at some yeah. point here, and, uh, and we'll come talk more beer with you. But is there any events you'd recommend? So we are actually hosting an event here in a few weeks. Um, we are going to have a, we, we had this earlier in the year. We're doing it again. It is going to be an outside beer festival on our property. We are bringing in multiple breweries. Um, and probably have multiple. We had about 80 different beer samples last time. So the total remains to be seen this time, but, uh, yeah, we're hosting the party here, uh, October 23rd. You awesome. can buy your tickets online. Uh, they're 40 bucks for general admission from two to six and $50 for VIP, which is an additional hour at 1 PM. And that goes to 6 PM as well. Very cool. That is awesome. Awesome. We're going to look into that. We might be there yeah. uh, drinking some beers. Absolutely. So. Oh, that'd be awesome. All right. And then so always before we let our guests go, we just kind of do eight to ten questions, uh, just kind of some fun questions to find out how Wisconsin <laughs> you guys are. So are you ready? Sure. Go ahead. So the first one I'd love to ask, and I always want to know, um, when it comes to one of us beers, is there one you recommend using to make a beer brat with? Obviously, I hate wasting craft beer for a beer brat, but I'd like to try the different flavors. So anything you recommend? You know, Amber is a really good beer. It's a medium dark. It's not roast like a stout, but it does well in things. We have it mixed in with uh, one of our partners. They mix it into a cheese. Uh, we use it for a, a beer batter. So it's a really good uh, uh, for formulas for like that. Awesome. Yeah. And so the next one I got for you, uh, kind of a controversial Wisconsin question. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you consider to be the Northwoods or up north of Wisconsin? For me, the north up north woods is uh, around Danbury, which is just this side of Minnesota in the northwest. That's oh, where yeah. I go hunting every year. So very northwest, hundreds of thousands of acres of uh, open territory to hunt on. Oh yeah, and it's and it's a a, a nature paradise. Oh yeah, absolutely, it's beautiful. Absolutely, too. yeah. So the next one I got for you, um, even if it's around your area, um, is there a supper club you recommend our listeners go and check out? I know like the Racine area, Mount Ple- like that area kind of has some decent supper clubs yeah 
So I don't know them here in Racine very well. I'm actually born and raised in Kenosha, been here my okay. whole life in Kenosha. And the Village uh, Supper Club on uh, South Sheridan Road is just really well-spoken for. It's a, it's a great experience for the Supper Club. Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and so the next one I got is kind of uh, one we always have to ask. Have you ever tailgated at a uh, Brewers, Packers, or Badgers game, or have you hit all three? I have hit all three, the, absolutely. The trifecta. Up, <laughs> Holy absolutely. smokes. Nice. Yeah. We are I placing mean, the crown on your head. Yes, this is awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> we've been having a lot. You know, yeah. we normally don't. There's usually one where, like, oh, we've been the Brewers or just the oh, Packers. Yeah. So it's oh, so cool. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. Great. And so the next one we got for you um, is kind of a newer thing, but uh, do you happen to have a, a, quick tri- a quick trip rewards card in your wallet right now? <laughs> I do not. I mean, no. Oh, okay, no worries. I mean, that's the new one. So it's kind of yeah. a new. I mean, I just do it because I always get like a free sandwich. And like now I don't go to any other gas station. Just such a Wisconsin yeah. thing to do. It's quick like... trip is the thing. <laughs> that's funny. I have to tell my wife because she shops there all the time. Okay. Cool. And then, so we got a couple more for you. Um, one okay. is a kind of a Wisconsin thing. Have you ever hand milked a cow or milked I a cow? I have not. You have not? Okay, that's not, okay. Not, not in any fashion. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, not a big deal. I mean, that's kind of just one that's a farm kid, you well, it's, know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a more of an obscure one. Every once in a while, we get the, the person that has gone to, I think, the zoo. Uh, has oh, an area oh, yeah, where you can yeah. do that, and then also I think at at some county fairs where you yep, can yep. go check it out. But right, awesome. Well, not so much not so much milking a cow, but I have fed a giraffe. But that's not what's going. That's pretty cool. Hey, that's that's actually really. How Africa are you? Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, no, that's, that's really awesome. cool. And so the last question I got is always the hardest one for any brewery to answer. I mean, obviously one of us, awesome brewery, can't wait to get there and check it out. But it, and it doesn't have to be in Wisconsin. But do you have a favorite brewery, brewery tour, or uh, another brewery you recommend our listeners go and visit? So uh, obviously one of my favorite breweries in the area, and it's easy to give them a shout out is our noggin, right? They just they really a big Super inspiration cool. for us. Yeah. Uh, that's where we all met. Uh, if I were looking for something that's not so local. Man, I just really love 450 North in Columbus, Indiana. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. She's in the beers they put out their Corn Maze Beer Fest, and hopefully they get back next year. Uh, fantastic brewery. Awesome. Yeah, you know what our noggin I love about it is their artwork is just so ridiculous. It's it like is. all that old 80s horror. I and just it. I love that stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Everything about it. Love yeah, it. exactly, and just the atmosphere. But, Steve, we thank you so much on this Packer Sunday. Um, we appreciate your time. Um, we hope you have a great day, and uh, enjoy a couple brewskis later. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Cheers so much. All right. Bye. Cheers. All right. That concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening, and remember as always, watch watch out for deer deer on your way home. home.